Grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If looks could kill, can you picture eyes filled with rage? Likely you have seen it in the eyes of another, in a roundabout, or at the same time perhaps on your own face through an ill-timed glance in the rearview mirror. In the ancient world, and still today, some, in some cultures, the evil eye is a glance that is thought to cause harm in the recipient. That's how I envision the eyes of the chief priests and scribes, the Sadducees and Pharisees, as they actively sought Jesus' deaths in tonight's Passion reading. They had been filled with hatred and murder as they gazed upon Jesus being greeted with praise in Jerusalem during Holy Week. And before that, when face to face with Jesus, they heard him speak woe and reproaches to them. If they could have spewed venom or shot hot, hot, shot hot arrows from their eyes at the Lord, they would have. Now as an adult, I am not sure what I did to deserve it, but I recall my reaction to the punishment I received as a child, probably more than once or twice. My father or mother had chastised me and sent me to my room. I vividly remember going into my room, and I think most children probably can at some point, and behind closed doors, muttering, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, thinking I was out of earshot of my parents, of course, not really possible in a house less than a thousand square feet. I'm sure my eyes had that murderous look, the same one the Jews had. But I knew in my heart that I had gotten what I, what I had coming from the misdeed and needed to be sorry and change my ways. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, said Jesus, no doubt with a rather stern fatherly look. Can you imagine speaking like that to people today? Speak the truth, certainly, but this is not language that will generally win friends and influence people a la Dale Carnegie for all you older sales people. But it was what they needed to hear, so those words were spoken in love, just as my father had done in disciplining me. God and his representatives never speak the law to us in malice, but only because we need to hear and recognize our sin and know what to repent of. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, said Jesus. For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. Jesus wanted them to recognize their rank hypocrisy and repent. So he mockingly says, Fill up, then, the measure of your fathers to bring them face to face with the murder that lie in their hearts under their pious pretenses and honoring, of honoring the murdered prophets and behind their pious platitudes of, we wouldn't have done that, if, uh, we wouldn't have done as our fathers did. Jesus challenges them to push, thing, to push things forward to their logical conclusion. I know your hearts. I can see the murder in your eyes. Go ahead, walk in the steps of your fathers. Why don't you go ahead and kill me too and continue your family tradition? And here they are just days later, 
not repentant before God in the flesh, but crying out to earthly authorities that are over them, crucify him, crucify him. Murder was in their eyes, and the multi-generational guilt was real when the sons of the fathers lacked repentance. The preacher in Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. Murderous thoughts and looks are as old as the fall into sin. Cain's downcast eyes became murderous toward his brother. The cause of murder is always an agency of man, but the original source is the devil, who Jesus says was a liar and murderer from the beginning. St. John says that the murder of Cain was of the evil one. In addressing the Jews who wanted to kill him, Jesus identifies Satan as the father of all who hate God's son. But how does that pertain to us? Aren't John and Jesus just wailing on Cain and the murderous Jews? Surely the Lord is not talking to us pious Christians some 2,000 years later, is he? Listen to his word. His apostle St. John writes, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And a bit later, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom, whom he has not seen. Follow the logic with me. If I claim to love God while hating my brother, I am both a murderer and a liar and cannot love God. And if I don't love him, then I must hate him. Looks like Cain and the hostile Jews and all of us are in the same boat. This is why we make this confession to Jesus in our opening hymn. My soul looks back to see the burden thou didst bear when hanging on the cursed tree, I know my guilt was there. Don't lie to yourself. You're guilty. I'm guilty. You have said in your heart, I have reason for hating my parents. I can make excuses for wishing that my brother were dead. I have a good cause for casting an evil eye upon my neighbor in the roundabout or in the grocery store or wherever. That's enough to make you a murderer guilty in God's sight, and place you under his wrath. The Jews filled up the measure of their fathers in tonight's Passion reading. And if we're honest with ourselves, we must see ourselves right along with them. We have no king but Caesar, and give us Barabbas. Our sinful nature so desires a king, a king that will let us justify ourselves and our actions based on the man-made law of mere men and not on the righteous, holy, eternal law of God given to us sinners in Scripture and in His holy commandments. The problem is, any earthly king or earthly solution is fruitless. It cannot save us. It cannot let us rejoice. What a marvel, then, that the Father would allow His Son to be murdered at the hands of sinful men just to save a bunch of rotten, rebellious sinners with eyes filled with rage against God and man. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, 
much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not a murderous glance from the Father, but a look of righteous judgment upon the, guilty, the, the, upon the guilt of sin. We all deserve God's wrath, just as much as I deserved my Father's punishment. But instead of giving us what we deserved, God put it on Jesus. And Jesus willingly took it for us men and for our salvation. From the cross, Jesus looked upon the masses of humanity and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Original sin, which produces lies, hatred, murder, and every other sin is so deep a corruption that we cannot recognize the depravity of what we think, say, and do unless it is revealed by God's word. But once our murderous eyes have looked in horror on what we really have done, nailing the innocent Son of God to a tree with our sins, then we are also are ready for the joyful good news of the forgiveness of all of our sins for the sake of Christ's voluntary sacrifice at the hands of murderers, the death by which he has extinguished the wrath of God toward us. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Rejoicing is the, is the theme of Latare, the fourth Sunday in Lent. So rejoice in Christ, who has turned your murderous eyes away from sin, guilt, and despair, and lifted them up to look upon himself as your Savior. Amen.